Good afternoon and welcome to NFTs Live. I'm your host, Tyler D. It is Tuesday, January 11th, a sunny and cold day in Chicago. We are coming off of one of the craziest weekends in NFT history. I can't wait to break it down here today. To help me, I've got Brett Ritchie. Brett, how you doing? Doing good, Tyler. How are you doing? Doing great. Can't wait to get into this. We've got a ton to cover. We're going to try to keep the show to 30 minutes today. On the docket, we're going to start with the latest airdrop. Looks rare. We're going to take a look at their marketplace, what they're all about, their tokenomics, and then the bull and bear case for them as a platform. Then we're going to talk Asia storming into the NFT market, the impact they've had, and which NFTs they like early on. Then we'll go around the horn on our typical segments. We'll take a look at the IC three-day board, take a look at the market movers from this weekend. We'll quickly go into one-on-ones and talk about Dan Guiza's big week. Then we'll hit the floors from WGMI.io. And then at the end of the show, we'll take a quick look at Gary V's Book Games debut. Sound good? All right, What's let's it? get started. Um, top news, top story. We got another airdrop. Uh, just Sunday night, early Monday morning, the Looks Rare token tied to the Looks Rare marketplace. So we're going to pull up the screen here, uh, talk a little bit about what this is. So LooksRare.org, it is a new OpenSea decentralized competitor um, on their homepage. Trade NFTs, get rewards. Looks Rare, Looks Rare is the community first NFT marketplace with rewards for participating. Buy NFTs or sell them to earn rewards. As you scroll down, you can get a sense of their homepage. They show the top collections that are trending. They have a look at the APR that you can receive by staking your looks tokens. So a little bit of DeFi here uh, mixed in with NFTs um, and then a little bit about listing. I wanna go to, to one of their about pages and just share a little bit more about this marketplace from the founding teams. So a few of their key principles here, buy NFT people for NFT people. Um, this is from the, the ground up, this seems to be a very community first platform. Um, and one of the ways they're looking to implement that is through the rewarding system. So the rewards are a, a really central and integral part of all this. You can, by buying or selling NFTs, you earn these looks tokens. You share the platform fees 100% of the trading fees are earned by the stakers, which is pretty huge. And then contrast that to OpenSea, two and a half percent, it goes just right into their pockets. And then creators are getting paid instantly. Um, they, they want to say not a fork. They've got custom contracts here uh, with a few new features, some pretty powerful features. Um, the, the collection offer, where you can offer on any of the NFTs in a set, you can do trade offers and then multi-cancellation. Um, so that's a little bit about the, the platform itself. Before we get into the bull case and bear case, and I want to hear Brett's thoughts, I just want to take a, a quick look at the tokenomics. Um, so one of, I feel like one of the reactions that we're all getting accustomed to with these airdrops is do you just sell right away and move on with your life? Just take the free money. Well, as folks kind of took a look at the tokenomics, they, they're quite a bit different for looks rare and it's actually um, it's, it's a part of the, of the bull case and the reason to, to hold. So if we take a look, 75% of the tokens allocated to the community 
of which 12% are in this airdrop, 19% in the staking rewards, 44% for trading. And then the founding team gets 10%. But as you go down and you look at their emission schedule and then the token release schedule, well, the founding team and the treasury tokens don't get unlocked until six months in. So we're not at any risk right now of any of the founders just kind of turning around and dumping their tokens on us after any kind of a pump. And I think the market started to figure that out and it's been pretty well received. So I'll pause there. This is the, a quick overview of the platform and the tokenomics. I want to walk through the bull and bear case a little bit. Brett, kick us off. What, what, what's your bull case on Looks Rare as a potential OpenSea competitor here? Yeah, I mean, the, the bull case is that this is a much better platform for a trader in a vacuum than OpenSea, right? You, for those of us who traded on OpenSea last year, right? We got an airdrop, um, which is very nice given the prices that this is trading at. Um, and you can look that people are being incentivized to trade on this platform. So it's 2% instead of two and a half percent. You save a half percent on the fee. And then um, you also are going to get tokens back in sort of proportion to your activity. So uh, in a vacuum, it's great. It, uh, there's no reason to use OpenSea. However, OpenSea has all the liquidity, right? They have this huge head start. And that's the real question here is, can these guys pull uh, liquidity away from OpenSea? Because nobody, you've had Rarible, uh, Super Rare, which is definitely a little bit different, but a lot of these platforms in OpenSea is 95% of the volume still. Sushi launched their FTX launched, no one cares. So, uh, but this to me has a way better uh, tokenomics than uh, Sushi, right? Which already has its DeFi thing in this, this sort of token that's already mooned. So this is, people are looking at this, like you could be in on the ground floor, it's still, you know, several hundred million dollars fully diluted market cap. Uh, but a lot of that market cap is, is these rewards that are coming back out to, to the traders. So it's not quite the same as like people are just sitting back and holding a lot of these tokens to dump. It's 230 million is, is, would be like the team and, and the investors and then the, uh, their like ecosystem fund, not the other 50%. Right. So the, the token incentives are, are one of the biggest bull case factors. A couple others on my list, A, some of the biggest NFT influencers are, are tied into this. And, you know, maybe that's, you know, that could be good or bad, you know, certainly depending on how they, how they <clears throat> move forward. But, I mean, people are mad. Cole, who got in a lot of trouble for basically rugging the Penguins, this guy, um, pretty, pretty not respected in the space. Like he was, he was an investor. But I mean, who knows when they let this guy invest? Who knows how much? Like, it doesn't really matter. He's a tiny, he's not part of the team. It's like, there's going to be people holding coins or NFTs that you don't like in stuff you have. So if you let one guy, um, I basically, I don't like that guy, but I'm not, I'm not letting it change my strategy with this coin. Right. And there's plenty of, you know, good or positive influencers like DZ, Dingaling. I think those are two guys yeah. who are pretty universally well, you know, respected in the space. And another, sure. so they've, they've got big audiences, but also they're big traders, right? So they know some of the, the pitfalls or the, the problems with OpenSea. So they'll have some good insight into product features. And we've already started to see that, like the, the universal yeah. offers 
is a huge feature. I would love that. I wish OpenSea had that. It's a great feature. It can't. I know OpenSea, in my opinion, um, put, probably pushed a lot of their features because their growth was so insane last year that they just focused like keep the ship running. But um, at some point, you do want to be innovating, right? It's still a pretty early stage product on OpenSea, which I think OpenSea is great. But I mean, if these guys can out execute them on the product side and you're incentivizing your users much more, um, I see the I see the bull case, right? Yeah. Startups are risky is the bear case. It's it's not that easy to pull liquidity away from the 95% market share. So yeah, so let's let's dive into the bear case a little bit. You've you've kind of started laying it out. OS has a big moat, right? They've got all the NFTs, you know, all the users are over there. Um, to simply list your NFTs again on looks rare, you're paying the gas fees, right? So already that's kind of a built-in moat to keep your your prior set of NFTs listed on OpenSea versus looks rare. Um, so you have to do the math there if you think the token rewards will outweigh the gas. Um, then you've got token unlocks coming in six months, right? And that's that's pretty far out from where we're at right now. But you know what's going to happen there? I think the the biggest you know red flag or potential risk is the the attention meter. You know, attention is all that matters right now in crypto and NFTs. Is looks rare going to be able to keep everyone's attention and keep you know users coming back, you know, day in day out? So those yeah. are my open questions. Anything else on your list from the, a bear case perspective? No, I, th I think that covers it. I mean, uh, the token price too, like that's keeping people's attention now. It's it's everyone um, got a, a pretty good airdrop. I think the cheapest airdrop, the smallest tier of what, 125? Uh, that's still like over 500 bucks now for the smallest, smallest traders all the way up to uh, tens of thousands for bigger traders. So um, the, the top tier might even be six figures. Now, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think quite. But um, you're going to have a lot of these um, rewards, farming or whatever rewards, trading fees. A lot of the people are going in and just, you know, maybe making big trades just to get their volume up to get a portion of the airdrop, um, which is what I think it's at these prices, they're unlocking like millions a day of dollars yeah. worth of tokens per day. Uh, and I think there, that could lead to a lot of sell pressure on the market from people um, who maybe maybe they wash trade to, to get their volume up and then they're looking to recoup that cost immediately, kind of like an arbitrage play. So um, there should be a lot of sell pressure, but there's been a lot of sell pressure out of the gate. I saw last I saw over 60 percent of the tokens have been claimed um, and a lot of people just go to sell right away. Oh, it's free money. I'll go sell. So like day one is gonna have a ton of sell pressure. And so I think it's performed well in spite of that. And, and from here, um, we'll see. I'm personally holding mine. I'm not opposed to selling it at some point, I'm staking it. I really like their staking too, because you, you only need to stake their coin and you get um, more looks and it automatically compounds. So you, you, you stake the, the rewards immediately go into stake also. Whereas a lot of times you need to provide liquidity also. So you need to put in ETH to match your, your looks. So you're tying up money and then you're kind of at risk to um, the token price going one way or the other. You're going to end up with either more looks or more ETH. So this sort of one-sided staking, I really like. It's, it's very uh, like casual user friendly. It's solid. I think we rounded out the both cases. I'm leaning bull myself 
Um, but this is certainly one to keep watching and we'll, we'll make sure to revisit here on the show. Second lead story, Asia in the marketplace. So let's take a look quickly at the, the Dune dashboard for OpenSea. We got to see Sunday's volume, $260 million. It, the highest day that we've seen since the, the peak in August. I was looking back, we hit 350 one day in August and the next was 267. So almost the second highest day of sales ever. And it really seems like the underlying story of this volume spike is the Asia market. So there's been a ton of speculation on, you know, where is Asia moving? Which projects do they favor? So I like this tweet by DeFi Brian, and I don't know if it's, you know, 100% true or not. So of course, NFA, DYOR, um, but he called out a list of about six products and added a few more. So first on his list, Fanta Bears, and we'll talk about them in a second. Capsule House, Ready Player Cat, Hearts NFT, X Rabbits Club, and Azuki Zen as either top Asian artists or products that the Asian market might be playing quite a bit. Um, so 100% Fanta Bears and Hearts NFT saw massive volume and spikes. And we know that Asian influencers, I, I want to say like a Korean uh, music star, and then another Asian music star is using the Hearts NFT for their PFP. Um, let's take a look at what this did for Fanta Bear volumes. I'm showing the seven-day stats from Crypto Slam here. Number two on the board. Just I mean, neck and neck, only $50,000 less than Board Ape Yacht Club, the, the number one blue chip project that's blowing everyone out of the water in NFTs right now. Fanta Bears is right there, neck and neck. Brad, I got what's your reaction? I, I started, started seeing Phantom Bears last week. I had no, no clue what it was. And then the four price just kept rocking up, tons of volume. They've done 20,000 ETH in volume in seven days. What, what do you make of this? Yeah, I think one in 2021, Asia was definitely not really in NFTs, the, like um, kind of oddly quiet, I would say. And so um, I think that there's been. Uh, that's been a narrative people have either been hoping for or predicting, um, you know, like especially South Korea, for example, it's a very digital economy world. Games are so popular there. It makes a lot of sense um, that they would uh, get in on NFTs at some point. So um, I think the Fanta Bear, same thing we've seen um, here in the U.S., I guess. It's a very influencer-driven world, right? And so you see the power of i i've looked up the guy i forget who it is but he has like 40 million followers or something on, on one of the social platforms i think he had a lot and um you see the power of that like almost um he changes his profile picture then the influencers start saying oh this is the the korean bayc or whatever and then a bunch of other people hop on sort of trading that narrative so um i looked at these i just i don't like buying typically once something's run up so much um and i'm just trying to trade the hype or, or whatever and i think these were already over four by the time i paid attention to them so i've stayed away from this uh but i know other people that have bought them i think it's a very reasonable move you know yeah i mean it's hard to argue with some of these key stats up top here 5100 owners on a 10k set a week into the project that's a great distribution Twenty-one thousand ETH traded 5.5 so 
This one has been an absolute roller coaster. It got as high as 8.5 ETH floor at one point. It's since retraced as low as four, then back up to seven. It's just, it's a roller coaster every single day. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on this one heading into the weekend. And then the Hearts NFT, also top 15 products in Crypto Slam. So we're starting to see the impact. That's a good seg here into our market update. So let's go ahead and pull up the icy board and take a look at the three-day market movers. So we see top of the list, Phantom Bears. We've touched on them already, but almost 10,000 ETH just in the last three days, 2X the next. But we've got a new, this morning when I logged in, the heart product was number two. So it, my narrative was going to be quite easy with Asia dominating the market. Crypto schools overnight, 5,000 ETH, basically in the last... 12 to 18 hours, I'm going to pull up their page. The, the story here is that this is like the NFT archaeologist, you know, pulls this up. It apparently is the second 10K PFP set, potentially. But I know these old products are something that are kind of right up your alley. What, what's your take yeah. on the skulls here? I've, I've missed this one completely. Um, it's definitely, this is the kind of thing where I like to grab a few at 0.05, which it was sitting at forever. And, and then you just sort of wait for that spark. You never know where it's going to come from. I think here, Gary V uh, bought some last night and then the archeologist or, or, you know, in some order, uh, a few influential people bought a few uh, influencers were like, Hey, look at this. And then they completely moon. Like I would say this, I've seen this story play out a lot and I don't like buying in like once the run is really underway. Like you could buy these for 0.05 yesterday, People who are showing up today and paying one, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not giving the yesterday's guy a 20 X personally. That's just my style um, where it's just like, ah, I missed it. It's too bad. But uh, I, I, I expect this to come back down. I don't think it's going to stay up there. Yeah. I think Maybe I'm just salty because I missed it though. <laughs> you know, we've seen this, this price arc play out before. So like, you know, we're, we're all, or a lot of us who were here last year, we, we saw you know, a full cycle play out. Several of us have some hard lessons learned. One of those lessons is yeah. don't chase, don't chase FOMO waves. If something is 10 X in the last day, like to your point, don't pay the guy 10 X what he paid last night. And we actually, I'm taking a look at the sales history. There was a spike early November where this narrative took off. The average sales price went from 0.05 to 0.4, then slowly back down. And now the floor price is back to 0.7, but certainly a risky entry point. Um, here, but I am curious if we're going to see all these old projects, you know, start to have one more pump like this in this, in this January bull market. It's definitely something to, you know, maybe dig out your archaeologist gear. And it might not even be here. So one of the, one of the ones I like too, are, are like early 2021 20, projects, pre board ape. Uh, the quality is typically better than some of like the really early, um, like the crypto skulls, right? It's more, you're buying that because it's, basically because it's early um and i do think at some point whether it's this year 2025 right the the future archaeologists are going to look back at even these 2021 nfts and i, I do consider pre-board ape to be like a pretty big differentiator because they changed the game in such a big way uh that i think some of those projects will catch heat so i've got a few really cheap entry prices although with gas it's not that cheap but like 0.01 to 0.05 i like to buy a bunch of pieces and then just hold it and, and hope that uh a spike like this crypto skull spike happens to them yeah i like those plays a lot it's one of those super asymmetric bets 
you know, you've got really low downside, you know, you're, you're paying 0.01, 0.02. We won't go into detail, but both Brett and I made a similar play on plasma bears last year, which which played out very well. So that's the, that's the success story that you can have uh, with some of those plays. And one success makes up for 10 losses in this, in these kind of plays. It does. But you're also tying up the, the, it's a long-term kind of, you don't know what you can't there's no liquidity to get rid of it so you're basically you're just putting the money in the bank and maybe you could withdraw it at some point and maybe it's just total dust yeah it's high risk high upside play with you know a cap downside of your low entry price headed back to the board i want to just talk the other real storyline was the cute pfps that pumped 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 all weekend and now are retracing a bit so it's really these three, and I'm going to group them together because I feel like they've been moving in tandem. Alien Friends, Cool Man's Universe, and the Little Lemon Friends. So Alien Friends at 3,000 ETH. They went all the way up to 4.5, I want to say, floor. Uh, now they're back down to 3.2. Cool Man's, similar trajectory, went all the way up to 1.8. Now sitting back at 1.25. And then the Lemons all the way to one, and they're now back down around 0.55 or so. Um, <clears throat> it's it's interesting. It's a trend I'm watching. So back in the August mania, we had this weekend weekday cycle where everything pumped on the weekends. It kind of peaked on Sunday or early Monday, and then it slowly retraced all week until about Thursday, and then the weekend pump started again. Um, so I'm very curious if these new PFPs are going to act like the art blocks of last August. And if we're going to see similar price arcs, are, are you watching, are you watching these? What's your thoughts on some of the, the, the PFP? I've paid loose attention. Uh, again, they already kind of ran a bunch by the time I was paying attention. Alien friends was the one that I did like, um, and, and looked at more closely. I, the lemons to me, that was a, a, just a, a pass. I, I didn't, I didn't particularly like the art that much at those prices. Cool man's I'm kind of in that same boat. I, I, I didn't think it was, um, and the art doesn't always matter. And when my own opinion doesn't always matter, but to like really hit that mainstream audience, I just wasn't as sure. Um, I think the alien friends are, would be my favorite of the three, even if they are, um, the highest price, the, the mutants they've teased look really cool. And, um, but I, again, my style is, okay, those already ran up a bunch. I'm going to try and find the next one that could uh, run up like that at a cheaper yeah. entry price. And really the only narrative or driver that's going to get it past that three to four ETH hump is some real utility coming out of the teams. As we know, that's what the market is demanding and craving right now. So that's something to watch out for if those project teams can really deliver that. We've got uh, about seven minutes left. So I'm going to go rapid fire through a couple segments here. I want to hit one-on-ones. Dan Gwiz had an absolute huge week. So he sold two pieces. This first high grounds here sold for 75 ETH to Trill Vault. Uh, you get a sense here for his uh, his style. And, and each of the pieces are pretty recognizable. Uh, it's that cyberpunk dystopian future type piece here. Um, so he sold this one for 75 and then he sold waiting just a day later for 63. ETH. So a nice, cool 140 ETH in sales here for Dan Guiz, cementing himself as one of the, the leading crypto artists, digital artists in the space right now. 
Uh, I mean, that's a beautiful piece. Uh, that looks really cool. So good for him. Hopefully, on my list, if I can ever get there, to try to collect one from Dan, but that's going to be uh, a, a big, a big ask there. There's a few other notable sales. We'll put them in the show notes. Um, Kath Samard had a nice 20 ETH sale. Matt Kane had a 20 ETH sale as well. Um, I want to show quickly some of the floors from WGMI. Not really a whole lot of notable action. I think probably the biggest story is the board H for 77. They're, they're rumored to be in the Super Bowl halftime show, and they've just blasted past the CryptoPunks at this point. They're, they've got a 16 ETH edge up yeah. 10% on the week, minus 9% on the week. So it doesn't really look like those two are even close to each other here uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, scrolling through, mutants are at 15. Cool Cats steady at 11. The Doodles flipped them for a bit, and the Doodles are still neck and neck, right, at 10.8. They're having a, a fantastic week. I'm trying to see anything else notable. The Meebits moved up a bit. Meebits are at 4. They've been seeing some tremendous volume on looks rare, but it, it seems like it's mostly wash trading and, and some fake sales. So just be, be weary when you just take a look at volume numbers. There can be more to the story there. Um, then I have to unfortunately call out the toads. The toads are, are not having the best new year. They're down at 2.88, down 30% on the week in a, in a very big bull market week. So tough, tough time for the toad owners. Um, Art blocks, the floors really haven't moved too much. What I do want to highlight quickly is the Chimera drop. So we highlighted this last week. It was, you know, pretty acclaimed. A lot of folks were looking forward to it. It had what to me is the new art blocks mint out price pot. So this one minted out at 2.4 in a gas war. I think it was effectively about 2.6. It then traded about 2,000 ETH on secondary. The floor got all the way up to about 4.4 at peak uh, before the undercutters came in, some of the liquidity dried up a bit and it fell back to 2.5. Um, so Brett, are you actively monitoring and trying to mint art blocks at this point or kind of what's your perspective? I'm, I'm not, but I do think that like the market is a lot better than it has been in October, November, December, where I was taking, I guess, like a more passive just kind of buying some long-term stuff, not really actively trading as much. I'm shifting back more into looking at new projects, looking at new mints, looking at early secondary plays. Uh, and so I think Artbox, it makes sense to watch them. I don't, I, I didn't pay attention to this drop. I may have chased the steam at, at 2.4 to mint out, but like that to me is a bit much to pay for Artbox in this environment. It's you're, you're not seeing a ton of upside there. Um, but like uh, curated down to around one, I think is is definitely something I'm looking to uh, be interested to mint at. I think that uh, factory and playground will have some opportunities there. But for the most part, um, if, if again, the market of buyers is mostly flippers, it's really hard to, um, I think most of the projects you're probably going to like lose small on for the most part. But Again, we've seen uh, random art block stuff can just go on these runs. So um, it's probably plus EV, but but high variance. And and so much of it depends if it gets bought or not, which is very hard to tell in a, in a live auction. So this one went out in a gas war in 2.4. It sold so quickly. It was really hard to tell. We saw that some really solid price action, which I think indicated to me that it really wasn't that botted. Um it was actually at 800 unique owners at one point. It's down to 728. 
but if anyone's interested in the drop, it is a beautiful drop, and it's actually below mint price. So just because you missed out on the mint, you still have an option to get in same price everyone else did. All right, we've got about three minutes left. I want to end the show talking just a bit about Gary V's book games. So folks may remember everyone ordering <clears throat> libraries full of books to be able to participate in this in his second big NFT project where it's out. Uh, we'll link the website in the show notes, but you can go to the homepage and see all about what uh, VFriends is about, how to play the game, how to claim the tokens. Um, just really quickly, I'll highlight the four reasons from their website of why they love the book games. One, you can play it forever. Two, you can burn the book games tokens into assets. So this is, I think, one of the first times we've seen this. Gary is offering up NFTs from his own personal selection collection. You can burn... And like baseball cards and stuff, too. Oh, wow. I didn't even see that. Yeah. So you can... I think he's assigning like a 0.1 ETH value to these. So you can burn the token and then select something out of his collection there's a marketplace for it the another driver or benefit of these is it's essentially a mint pass where you'll have a 12 and a half day chance window to mint v friends series two we know v friends series one one of the highest performing nft projects of 2021 so certainly there will be a lot of demand and then there are some new characters that introduced uh new v friends characters that you can uh mint potentially but only by burning the tokens so there's definitely a bit to unpack here. Uh, the marketplace opened last night. We'll just quickly take a look at what it looks like. This is over on Token Trove, so you can get a glimpse of you know what these entities look like, what they're trading for. And again, we'll, we'll link this all in the show notes. But are, are you playing book games? Are you following this at all, Brett? Or are you kind of sitting not? Down? Not really. Uh, I didn't buy the books, but I think it's it's. I mean, Gary, he's always going to work to deliver, right? I don't. I think. Um, Betting on Gary has been a very successful um, strategy in NFTs so far. So, um, yeah, I tend to agree. I, I think betting on the, the biggest and you know best influencers has been a pretty profitable strategy. We've seen V friends. I miss especially out on the ones that care, rest. right? Like yeah. if they're the, there's some of them that are really I would say shady that are looking to rug people or they only care about their own personal gain. Um, whereas, like you know. Gary's not doing, he's not hopping from project to project or whatever. Like he's, he's um, obviously he's going to probably made a lot of fee friends, but like he, that's what he's been working on. Yeah. Um, it's his namesake project. He's going to, he's going to be here. And by all reports, he's a good guy and absolutely cares about the empty space. So this is one I'll be definitely looking at. Um, you know, I think there might be some game theories and benefits in trying to buy some floors right now for some of these potential burning options, but we'll definitely need to look into it. All right, 30 minutes. We did it. We covered everything. Brett, thank you. That's our show for today. To our listeners, thanks for joining, tuning in. As always, we'll be back on Friday uh, to recap the week in NFTs. Till then, continue enjoying this bull market, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Cheers.